0: Hello, and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman Smith, and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 34. This week, my guest is Karen Telling. And actually, when I was interviewing her, I didn't realise what a brilliant name she has for a writer. I mean, we'd all like to be called Telling, wouldn't we? I didn't ask her if it was made up or whether it was her real name. I should have done. Anyway, Karen's going to come along and tell us about her move to Portugal and lots of other stuff besides, including um, being disabled and... Uh, rescuing animals in particular cats so stick around for her light-hearted talk about all of that kind of thing so at my desk this week well at my desk this week um, for keen listeners you will hear that my sound quality sounds a bit strange this week this is because I'm not at my desk I'm actually sitting in my husband's kind of workshop shed thing at the end of the garden now, this is something he built kind of at the end of lockdown after the whole working from home scenario. And then he took early retirement anyway and decided that what he wanted was like a proper workshop that he could kind of do some things in and have a desk in as well. So I'm sitting here among motorbikes, can you believe? And, uh, and I say it's all very clean and lovely, um, but it's rather echoey. And I'm sitting under a large um patio umbrella with several rugs and blankets chucked over the top to try and kind of dampen the sound down and I've also got a few rugs on the floor and another blanket all over the desk here so I've tried to do what I can but if it does sound like I'm kind of in a cave well yeah I'm really sorry but that's the best the best I can do anyway So it's been a bit of a funny week. I found it very hard to concentrate because I'm out here because the builders are still in our house. Um, Well, one builder, Steve, God love him. He's a lovely fellow. So he's putting in the new bathroom. It is really nearly finished now. Um, But of course, you know, putting in baths is noisy business. So, yeah, lots of sort of... And also the, the bathroom, this little bathroom that we're redoing, is directly above my office Uh, so every sort of time he's kind of drops his spanner on the floor or swears or something and you can kind of hear his builder's radio as well so um yes uh it's been lovely to have him here he's he's an old friend i've known his dad plumbed for us when when i was young so this is son of the plumber so happy days and uh, it's been lovely to have him around and um But I have to say, I'll be very glad when he's gone next week. So that's me. So I've kind of moved out to my husband's kind of office, not that he's in here very much. And uh, it's surprisingly warm, actually. It gets a bit of sun, this place, um, because it's kind of at the end of the garden, a very sunny spot. And and oddly, it's actually warmer than my office inside the house, which is most peculiar. Um, For some reason, my, my little office in the house is is like a ice box and no matter what I do I don't seem to be able to find a way to warm it up I think eventually I'll have to actually take all the stuff out and put a better floor in there because it was kind of in the extension and it's got a really cold floor and I think really something needs to be done about that floor some kind of insulation or something or some better carpet perhaps I put a rug down recently that I bought in Ikea when I went shopping with my daughter and uh, thinking that this would make a fabulous difference to the heat well no my my feet are still absolutely freezing anyway (laughs) happy days anyway so that's that's me that's my working week i've been trying to get on with the editing i've been trying to do some stuff um for my other author named tiger molly with my but um am i getting on with the tiger molly stuff I don't know. I find it very hard to concentrate when people are around and and the house is kind of not normal. So I've been trying to buckle down, do some odds and ends, but mm, I think it's been one of those weeks. So apart from the podcasting, I haven't really achieved very much at all. So yeah, there we are. Happy days. Anyway, so that's me. That's my working week or not, as as the case may be. In the meantime, come and have a listen to Karen Telling. She's a lovely lady with a our own story to tell about Portugal. On the Words and Pictures podcast this week my guest is Karen Telling. She lives in Portugal. She moved out there with her husband and then wrote a couple of books about it. Her books are Another Day in Paradise and Our Little Piece of Paradise and they're all about her own experiences as far as I can tell. So hello Karen and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast.
1: Hi thank you for inviting me.
0: Oh, it's lovely, lovely to have you! And uh, it's looking very sunny where you are. I can even see, you know, as you're sitting there in your den, that, it, that it's quite a nice, warm thing. What drew you to go and live in 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 Portugal, Karen? What um, came well, first? Actually, I think my my first question is: what came first, the writing or Portugal, and then the writing? Was it was it was it a twofold thing? Ah,
1: uh, the writing has been something I've always been interested in. I've done little bits and pieces. I had a short story uh, published in an anthology as part of a competition prize a few years ago. But I, until the self-publishing thing became so accessible, I I never envisaged um, having anything traditionally published. So I didn't really think about it as being an option. Uh, As for the Portugal thing, we came here on holiday first in 1987, 1988, and only because a friend of my husband's had bought a a holiday place and offered us a week to, you know, come out and have a look at it. And we'd never considered Portugal before. We'd been on various other holidays, but uh, just never considered it. So we thought, okay, he's offered us a free week. We booked some flights and out we came. And at the end of the week, we were driving through the village um, very early Saturday morning, seven o'clock-ish, And I remember just driving through and thinking, "This isn't the last time we're going to be here." Oh, so just- so you, had
0: a, you had you had a moment, a moment of sort of prescience. Interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah. We just fell in love in within that week. We both just felt. At home and comfortable, and loved the people, the weather, the food, everything. And this was in October, it wasn't like in the height of the season or anything. And so we we kept coming back um, and borrowing this friend's place. Uh, Eventually, around 99, 2000, we bought an apartment which we rented out as a holiday let. And then in 2003, our circumstances quickly changed in that we had a business and someone asked if they could buy it, and we said yes. And then we thought, what are we going to do now? And we just thought, I know, we'll go to Portugal. And that's literally what we did. We sold the business, we sold the house, drove down through the tunnel and arrived in Calvaro in the uh, October of 2003. So. It just seemed like the obvious thing to do at the time. But looking back, I think we were slightly bonkers. But, you know, that's that's how it happened.
0: Yeah, I, I think sometimes when you're um, a little bit younger, uh, not not that you were doing this in your youth, but you know what I mean, I, sometimes you look back on anything and, and sometimes I think, I can't believe I did that. I just did that without thinking. I just jumped in, you know, jumped into the puddle and, and had a go at it. And, and I think possibly the most interesting things we do in our life are are those moments where we actually don't really listen to the caution on the on our shoulder. We just we just go and go ahead and do it. Yeah, amazing. So so when I do you even have the caution on my shoulder?
1: Then no, no <laughs> caution.
0: No. You weren't listening ought, at all, were you? No. Obvious
1: <laughs> thing to do. I was uh, late thirties. Nick was early forties. Um, and we've been here. Obviously, we've been here twenty years now. Um, so things have ch- changed a lot over that time. One major thing is that I had a uh, major spinal surgery in Lisbon in 2009. And I wrote a- an account of that pretty much for myself. Um, but to-, to keep in mind, there were a couple of people who were extremely kind to me, complete strangers, uh, absolutely nothing in it for them but out of the goodness of their hearts they really made a difference to my life two different people in two different ways and I wanted to remember them and I wanted to um sort of pay tribute to them I've never seen them since I probably never will again that piece of writing I came across during lockdown and there are lots of other amusing things that have happened to us during our time here and I thought I wonder if i got enough stuff to put together and and make a book and so i did so i started with it right back from our first holiday um but i did the first year and i thought that was kind of enough it finished in a nice place i thought rounded the story off nicely um and that was it i only ever planned to do the one and then i had surprisingly to me Uh, Quite a few requests from people saying, "Oh, what happened next?" Are there other books
0: about yourself, or or are they, um, you know, based on your life but with characters in it?
1: It's it is our lives, and it is also some of the people that we've met. Um, I worked for a while for an estate agent, and um, the people that worked there I've included. Um, So it's it's just about how we did things, how we you know dealt with the bureaucracy of moving, how we found the house that we bought. Um and it's uh the second book in particular is is a lot about especially more about the waste and strays that we've taken on because we've got quite involved in animal rescue and I've bottle fed lots of pups and kittens along the way and um some have stayed with us, some have been rehomed. But that has become big part of my life so yeah um, and, and as
0: as Karen the... sits here you can't I don't keep the video but behind you I can see a lovely black and white puss all curled up fast asleep and there was a I did see another tail in the background there
1: yes <laughs> yeah perfect well the one who's behind me um she's one of the ones I bottle fed she was found uh, literally a day or two old um and I saw a post very late one night, it about 11 o'clock at night, I was just going to sleep, saw a post on Facebook um, saying, oh, I found these, there was actually two, only she survived. Can someone bottle feed them? And I had all the equipment and everything, so I just sort of went, yeah, okay. And they drove about half an hour with these two little kittens in Aww, a tube. Yeah. And uh, I took them and say, so, only one survived, but that is Doris. That's Doris,
0: yeah. And does Doris pop up in the story? Of course she does. <laughs> um,
1: does she? Yes, I think she does. She's in yeah. book two.
0: Yeah. And when, when, you, when you're writing humour, because I am I'm, I'm sometimes write a few funny things and um, the book that I've written at the moment, one thing that I'm bringing out soon, uh, is, is I believe humorous, but do you find it quite hard to write the humor? I, I find it's funny when I first write it. And then as I start editing, I, I'm like, I, I, begin to doubt. I'd go, I don't know. Is this funny anymore? Do you, do you find it tricky? Do, do you have to sort of read it to somebody and say, you know, do you find this amusing or do you, do you trust
1: your instincts? I think because I, it, it's not, um, it's not writing jokes. It's, it, I'm writing things as they happen. I always tend to see the sort of slightly uh, off side of things, if you like. You know, I see the funny side of things that aren't normally funny. The story about me, bit you know, going into hospital for this major s- surgery, which is which means that I'm now disabled. Um, it's not a doom and gloom story, a pity me story. It's about the funny things that happened, and they are just genuinely funny things. Um, I thought they were funny, so I thought, well, other people might think they're funny as well. So I, I have just written them sort of as they happened, but with my slightly sort of um, black humourish,
0: your own take on it, yeah, absolutely blunt on it,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, so, uh, do you think you'll put more disabled characters in your in your stories, or, or do you generally write from your own perspective on that
1: account? So far, I've only written you know, these two memoirs, um, I am considering fiction. I'm not sure about writing disabled characters because I I am at the point where I'm kind of 80% housebound. So there isn't a lot that you can write about, say, you know, bringing someone with my disability into a story because I don't really do very much now. Uh, And this is why people are saying, oh, you're going to write a third book. Well, I don't do the things that I was able to do in those years up to my surgery. So I don't go out travelling now. I don't go visiting even other parts of the Algarve very much. I don't think I've got the stories to tell at the moment.
0: Well, oh, I think they'll come to you. I think they'll come to you, Karen. I think they will. <laughs>
1: but maybe in a fictional sense, I have a few ideas um, that I'm playing around with at the moment, two or three different things that may or may not come to a, a fiction, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. What about animal stories? Because I think animals are your, one of your true loves, really, I can tell by... <laughs> even this little bit that you've told me now I'm just glancing through your work do you think do you think you might pop pop a few you know you could do animals animal stuff I don't I don't really know I a lot of animals pop up in my stuff I, I have a whippet and I've always had animals around me and, and they're kind of a part of my my life I think very much and, and I don't even notice it until I start writing and then in come the animals they just wander in really
1: You <laughs> well, well, can't, been... can't keep them out some of the things in my reviews, obviously, some people go, Oh, love the animal stories! Love, oh, aren't, aren't these people great doing the, you know, all this rescue? And then I had another review recently that said, Um, quite a lot of cats. <laughs> Quite a lot of cats, yeah.
0: Well, I think you can't please all the people all the time. That's that's the that's the thing. Okay, if so we
1: only knew that that wasn't all the cats that we've had. No, yes, exactly. You could have done just more. A yeah, collection yeah. of them. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. That's that's your next. My next book is one hundred and one cats. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I no you're not going you're not going to please you're not going to please all the people all the time you just i think you just got to write your own thing and and be damned to to be honest um yeah. so i was looking through your stuff and um i i was going to ask you are you tr- indie or traditional and you've already answered that you you're an indie author an independent author yes and yeah. and um i think that's what's so good these days about the independent authors is you actually can't see the join anymore you know and obviously i have a yeah. lot of people on the podcast and i always look down you know look on your amazon page and all that kind of thing and and i go through and i and i look and i think mm, is this is this a small press or is this your press and it's nice to see that your you know it looks that good and i didn't know the difference and i know the signs so good for you <laughs> because i think i think the join is is becoming you know, it's seamless these days. So, who did your book covers, um, Karen? I always ask people this: Did, did you do them yourself? Did you, did you have a, you know, a friendly artist that sorted them out? No, nice. they,
1: they look nice. They look of a piece. What I did um, was I actually went to a um, a hybrid publisher, if you like. Um, and I know there's a lot of you know controversy about Vanity Press and everything. They definitely are not vanity press. Um, They are very, very reasonable. They're not, uh, you know, ripping people off for thousands. Uh, I paid them to arrange an uh, an editor for me and to arrange the cover design and to also do the formatting and uploading.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Yeah.
1: It because I think first...
0: that's another way of doing it, which is not always talked about so much is that you can still be an independent author, but you can outsource some of the jobs that you know if yeah. you don't feel that you've got the tools to do them, or you don't want to have to sit there and learn how to format books and all that kind of thing. And and I think sometimes it's wise to think, actually, I don't think I'm going to be very good at this. I'm going to get professional in. Yeah. 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 I mean, I wanted it to be something that
1: I could be proud of. Exactly. I didn't want to look hand knitted, um, and they they did a great job on. Uh, well, they introduced me to a fantastic editor that did a great job on the covers. I knew what I wanted for the covers. Both covers are pictures of the village where we live. Um, two different views of the mm-hmm. beach and the cliff area and stuff. Um, but it's it's just putting it all together and getting the right font and the right. Colour for the font to match those photographs mm. and everything, and I think they did a really good job on it. I'm mm. sure i would not have done anywhere near as good a, a, a job. And then a, a professional editor, I think, is a must. Um, oh yeah, you've
0: got to have it. Got to have a professional editor. I'm, I'm always, um, no matter how, even even if you even if you have that background, you, I think no, you have to have it. Somebody look at it. Yes, and I'm just about to send my my stuff up to my editor, and I'm actually I'm actually at that point now that I'm just looking at it and thinking I'm just moving commas about now. I don't actually know what more to do to it to to improve it. Although I do obviously believe it definitely needs improving. <laughs> you know? But you you actually get to a point and you can't see it. It's like
1: you have word blindness. You cannot see and the you, mistakes. Can, you can skip over typos. Yeah. No matter how many times you read it, yeah. you will still find something. Um, but she just kind of I jumped back and forward in time a little bit in the first book. Um and she sort of clarified that of what was happening when, because I start with us leaving our home in Berkshire. But then I go back to our very first holiday to explain why we were doing this. And then I come back in time to the drive down and staying in the hotels with the dogs. And, you know, they weren't used to that at all. You know, she smoothed it out, I think is is the best way to say it, where Mm -hmm. it was all a little bit you know up and down and a bit jagged maybe in places
0: yeah um, I think it's always good it because they they have just well it's just getting a professional to so have a proper look at it really and and, and see yeah. how the how the whole thing holds together you know and I think people people think it's about typos well yeah it is and you don't want any of those in there but to be it, it's it's more than that if you have a yeah. good editor they 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 um understand what it is you're trying to say and sometimes realize you're saying it really badly <laughs>
1: I'm sure you're always bad at me. <laughs> I think it seems like the pace as well. and exactly. sort of Maybe yeah. move things around slightly just to give more impact or yeah. to make it more readable. I know what I'm trying to say because I lived it. Um, but for a stranger who doesn't know me, doesn't know our story, to look at it and make it flow be mm. better. Um, I think
0: that's you know invaluable. Yeah yeah I think I think you're right De- definitely and and also the cover design I and mean, I do do my own covers because I'm an artist and I'm, I'm trained but but I you know you can always spot them when they're not quite right and it's all it's all about the fonts actually. <laughs> you get the wrong fonts for your genre you're yeah yeah it's it's uh it, it's always a tricky one you put your book out there so did you did you launch it did you have have a, have a strategy or did you just hope for the best
1: no. art readers no I just threw it out into the pond and waited to see if it, you know sunk or swim
0: yes yeah so and it looks like it's doing very nicely <laughs> yeah brilliant yeah well good for you I think I think um uh, do you do you advertise just on Twitter for it, or do you, do, you, do you do paid ads? Or no, like that?
1: I do. Yeah, I do Amazon ads. I do Facebook ads. Uh-huh. I do um, different sort of promotions. I collaborate um, with certain um, charities that I've been involved with, um, and make donations to them based on you know books sold and things like that. Um, and that way I feel like I'm giving a little bit back to cool. yeah. people who are at the real sharp end of the animal rescue kind of yeah. thing. Um, but no, I I think as a complete beginner and complete unknown and first-time book launch, it, ha- it has to be put in front of people. Um, I think if I just left it you know, sitting there on Amazon, it would have just sunk without trace because there is so much competition. Um, You know, Amazon are publishing so many new books every day. Yeah. And you you need to really – you need to be able to put that sort of investment in, I think, and just keep it in people's minds, you know, whenever I get the opportunity on book groups and people say, oh, I'm looking for a recommendation for whatever – I'm, I'm in there and saying, oh, you might like this, you know, book for whatever reason. Um, I try not to do it, obviously, too much. And um, I think there's a more limited market, perhaps, for my type of book rather than, you know, at the moment, everything seems to be either, um, you know, fairy tales or uh, murder mysteries or you know, suspense thrillers and things. My book is nothing like that at all. Um, It's a fairly light look. There are serious bits. There are a couple of sad bits, obviously. But the majority of it I've tried to be, as I say, with my operation and everything, look at the lighthearted bits of it. Look at the funny things Mm. that happen, the funny people we met, the funny situations we got into. And I see my book as something that you might read when you just feel like a distraction from life, when you feel like you you don't want something heavy. You don't want to have to remember characters' names and who did this and clues and all that kind of thing that you get with a thriller. Yes, there are times when you want that kind of book, but I think there's also times when you want something that you can kind of read through fairly quickly and... It's just uh, a, a, you know, a, a hopefully, a, you know, a pleasant story.
0: Yeah, and that's what your reviews say, don't they? They say that you, you know, your your book book is is pleasant and easy to read and and left, you know, gave gave a good a good hearted feeling. And I think that's yes, that's exactly what we need. And I think we all probably need more of it. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think you have a go- a good love of life despite what's happened to you. You know, because obviously becoming disabled, you know, in as as you have done, you know, and going through all the operations and things, which is obviously horrendous, and can't you can't even I can't even imagine, you know, how you how one would get through that. But if you can get through it and, you know, still embrace the everyday, well, that's brilliant, isn't it? And that must obviously come out in your writing. So, what's next for you then? Do you think you're going to um, do more of the same, more stories about Portugal, or do you think you're You're going to go for the fiction thing.
1: I am interested to to dabble with some fiction. Whether it will ever be good enough to publish, I don't know. But I'm 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 always thinking about it. I'm always jotting down ideas. I've got a few things started, just the first sort of chapter or so. Um, Yeah. And I should have the time, let me say, if I didn't procrastinate so much, to actually get my words count up but uh I do find it difficult the blank page
0: you know oh yeah I think it I think it is tricky. I, I think we all procrastinate. I think that's part of being a being a I think that's part of the, the writing thing or any creativity whatever I I'm, especially is when it becomes your job then I find it's it's far less easy to it's far less easy to make yourself go in and get on with it. As soon as it becomes you know what you consider work, then I will be faffing around. I think I'll just Hoover the lounge, you know, or you know, I'll yeah. I'll take the I'll take the whip for another quick walk, you know, so that she settles. And I'm and I'm telling myself all the time making excuses as to why I'm not actually at my desk. Um But then once I'm there, I'm I'm cool. I can I can get on. I, it's um I'm very poor with distractions. I dislike. where there's a lot of distractions in the house. So a very difficult week this week, so we've got the builders in and they were in last week. And I'll be so glad, this to promise that this is the last day, so I'll be really glad when they've gone. Because I find it, I I don't know what it is, Uh, whether whether it's my curiosity, I think, oh, what was that noise? What was that bang? What's my husband talking to them about? You know, whether I feel I need to be involved or something, or I just, you know, I just can't settle to any great, you know any great um, creativity when there's a lot going on in the house, so I think that's that's my excuse this week anyway.
1: <laughs> but uh, my issue is my issue is that I can't. I'm sitting at the moment, but I don't normally sit. Um, it's very painful for me to sit, and I have an electric bed here in the living room, and that's where I go to sit. Um, and trying to write, I mean, I wrote both these books lying in bed on my phone with my thumbs. Brilliant. Now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of brilliant, <laughs> but kind of very difficult. Have you tried di- dictation? I've tried all uh, It's still then got to be typed, you know? Uh, no, um, no,
0: what about? I can't. Like- when you're in the when you've got Word on, if you just go into Word, stick it on the microphone. You might need a little microphone, and then just speak it. I I do that for blog posts and stuff like that. I'm just you know, and, and it's it's quite quick to do it. You have to go in and edit it and look at you know fiddle with it, but um yeah yeah.
1: And I so therefore I still can't. I would still be lying on my bed with my phone to do that. Yeah. To do to type. And everything but I can't have I don't have a computer sort of set up at a desk but I can just go and sit down and, and start typing. Yeah. I've tried all sorts of bed desks and things and between my eyesight, so getting it at the right distance. Yeah. And then like my hands being able to reach the keyboard or it not falling on my head and it's it's just so difficult. So, but then writing on my phone, it's such a small screen. And then predictive and that's text
0: irritating in itself, isn't it?
1: It's a nightmare because, you know, you're happily going along and suddenly realise that the phone has changed something way back and you've got to go back and uh, change it back again. And it's, yeah, uh, especially when I was doing things with Portuguese vocabulary in it. Um, so. That's my excuse, is that I'm just not physically able to get in a comfortable position and, and type away on a, computer so it's a It's a pretty good excuse, to be
0: fair. My excuse of being <laughs> dyslexia and t- take the it for a walk is just not cutting it anymore, is it? That's it. I've been found out. <laughs> I'm a work shy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but it's it's amazing how um the creative process no matter what position you find yourself in if you really want to create something you will do it it's it's incredible the the human need to do that and and obviously I think it's yeah. it's brilliant you know for you know for yourself and and for others to um see that you did do it and i and I think you know yeah I, You know, I'm sure you will find a a better way, Karen, um, to get yourself comfortable and write us a bit more. Really Um, good.
1: I had scoliosis when I, which was discovered when I was about 11. Oh, yes, yes. They sort of monitored it, but decided that it was too dangerous to do anything about it. Then in my early 40s, um, I was sitting at a computer and got up and I couldn't walk. And later that summer, after lots of physio and x-rays and MRIs and whatever, um, I went to see a neurosurgeon and he just said, wow, this needs surgery. And the following January, I was up in Lisbon. Um, I went into theatre at 8.30 in the morning, came out at 10 o'clock at night. Horrible. Virtually my whole spine is titanium rods now. It's about Mm. 10,000 euros worth of titanium in me. Mm. um and he said if he didn't operate my spine was just ready to break
0: Mm. yeah well it's amazing it's amazing what they can do so karen thank you for coming on
1: the words and pictures podcast
0: it's been lovely to have you where can people find you online
1: um i'm on facebook as karen telling writer and i'm on uh twitter as karen telling four for some strange reason um Obviously, the books are available on Amazon and they're on Kindle Unlimited. So anyone with a subscription can download them for free.
0: Brilliant. And I'll put those little links in the show notes. So great to talk to Karen Telling about her work. Um, Again, links in the show notes as usual. If you go to www. Um, com forward slash podcast you can find all the show notes and um, you can find links to um, Karen's books if you want to go and check her out and I think um, yeah what an amazing woman and I think things go into perspective pretty well here am I moaning about the builders and obviously Karen's you know dealing with her disability every day and um, you know still managing to get some books out there and they're brilliant as well so well done Karen and lovely to have you on the show so join me next week for more uh, insights into the indie author and author business. And um, my guest next week is thriller writer Khalid Tlaib, a uh, really interesting fellow and um, so happy that he could finally make it onto the show. So that'll be great. So in the meantime, I'm DJ Bowman Smith and this has been the Words and Pictures podcast. Until next time. Bye bye.